You are listening to Tani Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.com. This is the Sheer or the Lecture, where we talk a topic for the week for the audience and members to keep. The Shi'or tonight is Le'iloi Nishmas Chaya Rachel Bastavit Svi. The Neshama should have an Aliyah and anyone who needs a Yeshua, anyone who needs a Refuah, and anyone who needs any help from Hashem or those around us should be Zochet to have that Yeshua, to have that Refuah, to have anything they need as well. Talking about the idea of different topics, different aspects, and different things in our life, we want to think about how it could be that we could work ourselves to have a good name in this life, to have a good effect. What could it be the electrifying effects of having a good name in this life? How could we go about to have such a thing in our life? Some of these topics we've touched on in the past, but we come at it with a different spin, with a different outlook, and with a different aspect in order to feel how we could come about to it. Again, you could listen to our Shiorum whether directly on the Tani Talks podcast group. We could add you if you like. You can email me at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com or SheerEnjoymentRadio at gmail.com. You could also listen to us on all podcast forums after the fact on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Podbean, and the like. We are powered by JewishPodcast.fm. If you want to make a podcast, I'm happy to help you. You could email me at Tani at Jewish podcast.org or at maximum tee at yahoo.com and the sheer the radio show of course is live on the sheer enjoyment radio app on the google play or apple app store it's also live at the live stream if you want to type that into any smart device you could also call us at 520-453-8302 520-453-8302 or my favorite way of listening, you can listen to us on the Sheer Enjoyment Radio channel on the Naki Radio, which is the Jewish Internet Kosher Radio player sold by all Judaica stores and online at NakiRadio.com. So when we think about a good name, we think about the fact, I often think about the idea how after 120, we should all be Zochem to 120 years, there's only one thing you could take with you, the mitzvahs, the chesed, the Torah learning you've done, but also with that is the good name, Hopefully, the reputation that you build up over 120 years. Pirkeiavos teaches to us that there are three kesronos, there are three crowns: the keser Torah, the keser, the crown of Torah learning and Torah Torah knowledge, keser kahuna, the crown of priesthood of being a, a kohen, which comes all the way back from Aaron and Moshe, and of course the keser malchus, the crown of a king. But you know what's even better than that? Even better than those three things is the Kesser Shem Tov. And it's not just a, a, a cute award that they give out in elementary school and high school. You know, uh, it, it, some different people get it over the years, and uh, it's a great name to have. But the real Kesser Shem Tov is no award and no recipients and no one giving it out. It's something you have to earn for yourself. It's something you have to work on for yourself. And that's something that's even better than Malchus. It's even better than Kahuna. It's even better than the Kesser Torah because if you have Torah but you don't have a good name, you you are the king but you have a terrible reputation, or you're a Kohen but you usurp the position, you usurp the name just for your own benefit, what's the point of it? 
Only with a good name do these positions really mean anything. You go through Shmuel Aleph, Shmuel Bet, Malacham Aleph, Malacham Bet, you see all the kings and how often are they described as good or bad. Good versus how David was, or bad versus how bad they were versus David for the, the Malchus Yehudam and Malchus Yisrael. They're judged how bad they were. They were so bad, they were almost as bad as Yeravim Net Benavat, who was the one that split off from the Malchus Yehuda when it was Rechavim, Shlomo's son. And you see the trajectory. So if a person doesn't have a good name, they could be recorded for posterity, even if they're the most powerful figure in Israel, the most powerful figure in Yehuda, the most powerful figure in the world, but they don't have a good name, they don't have a good reputation, it doesn't really mean much, it doesn't really mean anything. And you see what happens for them after 120, how they are recorded in Tanakh, how they're recorded and looked at in the scripture in our Tanakh in our books. So the question is really, what does it mean to have a good name? What do you think of? What comes to mind when you hear the idea of what a good name could be? What does it mean someone has a good name? How do we define what is encompassed in the concept of a good name? For me, it's the idea, we think of the idea of a reputation, one that is sterling, like sterling silver, and fine in quality and appearance you build up and work over your entire life. You're given 120 years. If a person is 35, that means that Hashem already gave them those 35 years. We should be zelcha to the extra 75 years. But a person, the the extra, I never could do the math right, but we should be zelcha to get up to 120, to add up to what it is. If a person is 40, 50, 60, or 70, and almost more than half the life is gone, you only have X number of years on the earth to make a difference, to be a good influence, to help those around you. We should want and try to be a person that spreads good, that spreads cheer, spreads warmth in the world. When we hear people describing she or he has a good heart, a heart of gold is such a generous and giving person. This person does so much in their lives, has done so much already in their own lives. That is what they should say about each and every one of us. You know, Rabbi Yochanan asks his five students also in Pirkei Avos, what is the best path that a person should go on? We talked about this also when I graduated from OT school. When I, when we wanted to speak about something, my wife and I were thinking about what to speak about and felt like this mission really encompassed what we could do because a lot of professions you could do good and you could try to do what you can but some professions like teaching therapy and many other professions out there you really need to have that good outlook that good heart and Rabbi Yochanan asks his five students what are the best things to have to try to traject yourself on the right path one says a good neighbor one says be a good friend one says think about the future you know about the consequence and the outcomes of a good deed and one says to have a good eye to be generous but the best answer I believe comes from Rabbi Elazar ben Arach, and he says the good heart, because Rabbi Yochanan explains when you have the good heart and you work on yourself to try to have a good heart, that person has a heart of gold. That good heart encompasses everything else. If it's a person with a good heart, with a good nature, with a good name, they could be that good neighbor. They could be that generous person with a good eye. They could be someone who thinks about what a person could need and the outcome and the consequences down the road. How they could be helping to work on the fact that a person needs to have the lave tov that'll also counteract, I believe, a lot of the ill effects of why we're still in Gullus. The whole aspect of why we're in Gullus, especially by Cheney, was because of Sinat Chinam. To counteract Sinat Chinam, we need to have Ahavat Chinam. 
to have avat chinam, we need to have a leif tov, to have moti shem tov, and to only do good things for others, and to have lashon tov, speaking of other people. I think it all, I believe it all emanates from having a good heart, and then the whole world, all the problems can be fixed in our own lives. We want it to be, when we think of a person's name, we think, man, that guy, Yankel Shmerel, he is such a good guy, he is a pillar of help. For those around him, that Sprintza Shmeria is a giver to everyone. That's what should be said of everyone around us, especially when people say and think about every single one of us. When our name is heard, when you hear the name, what does the name Joe Shmo symbolize for you? And insert name here, whoever you're thinking of. When that name is heard, when that person is heard, it should be synonymous, equivalent with doing good, being good, being an essence of light, of giving of support for other people. We have these 120 years, hopefully, to do good and to leave a legacy, a good name, a reputation, and to leave something behind after us that we did and we left in our actions. It brings to mind the idea of Kohelas Rabbah where it says, Rabbi Meir says, in the name of Rabbi Meir, it says, when a person comes into this world, his hands are clenched, as if to say, the whole world is mine, I want to take, I want to take, 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 give to me, give to me, give to me, I want to take, I want to grab, I want to grab, I will inherit it. When one leaves of the world, the opposite happens, his hands are open, they unclench, as if to say, I have not taken from this world a single thing, coming from Kohelas Rabbah and Kohelas Parakei, Pasukadalad. All that we can take with us after 120 years is that which we give in this world. We take with us our good deeds, our good name, and all that stays with us after 120 years. There's a famous phrase that people say about other people, the only thing you actually own is that which you really give away. I want to repeat that phrase because I find that a very powerful phrase. The only thing you actually own is that which you give away, especially related to money. It is said that our possessions and our money should be seen as if we are an executor of a will, of God's will, like God's attorney, God's lawyer of the estate that God gives us. Would it, would we ever be sad if we give away money and possession of an estate that was never ours? Absolutely not. We're executing someone else's things. This is how we should live and we should view our life. I often say, my wife and I often say, money comes and goes. It's like a pendulum. It's like a circular motion. One day there could be a, a ton of money. The next day it's gone. It could be going round and round and round. But what really stays is happiness and memories and what we could do to help other people. So if we think about the fact that Hashem gives us things, they're not really ours. That really could bring to mind the idea of what we talked about today. We reinstated, we came back to Pirkei Elvis, Tani talks Pirkei Elvis. We're talking about Dalit Aleph today. The very famous phrase from Ben Zoma, he says, Who's a strong person? Who is a wise person? Who is a honored person? And each aspect he talks about. But when he talks about who is a rich person, it's really a person that is content and happy with his lot because Hashem gave to every single person exactly what they need. Hashem gave to a person this mansion. He gave to him a gazillion dollars for that reason. But to this person, he gave him a modest house, a cozy house, a, a small house, or whatever. He gave him this type of job that only makes X amount, this place and this aspect, because he gave every single person what they're supposed to have, what they're supposed to use, and we're supposed to execute it like that lawyer, like that estate planner, as if we are doing what we can. So if we take what we have given to us by Hashem and we use it in the way that we can make ourselves givers, make ourselves have that good heart to exec to execute the will in the proper way 
then we are taking what we can to leave the name around us in all the proper ways. We should realize that Hashem gives us these things. We should live and view our life that the possessions, the money, is as if we're the executor of the estate in different areas. Perkevus teaches us, Benzoma says, who is really rich, he who is happy with his lot. We realize that we have a lot to preside over, and we have a lot to give out from Hashem. Be happy with what you're given. Understand what to do with your time, with your resources, with your possessions, and your money. Again, not saying that the whole day you have to be you know, constantly on the move, on the move, on the move. There is a time and a place for work. Even the Rambam talks about, you know, eight hours of work, eight hours of sleep, and eight hours for everything else, taking care of family and eating and whatnot. We have to apportion our time in the right way. Of course, you have to take care of your spouse and your kids. And at the end of the day, I always think it's important and proper to sit down with the wife and and do something together, whether it be a puzzle or a show, whatever. And then when everybody's sleeping, then, then do your own hobbies or whatnot. But use your time and your resources, your possessions properly. The only thing we really own is that which we do, that which we give away, the mitzvahs and the ches and the Torah learning we do, and that's how we could cultivate the electrifying effect of having a good name. You have the power, you have the ability, like lightning shines across the sky and lights up and makes bright the whole sky, even though lightning and thunder is terrifying in some level, for sure, but you have the unbelievable ability, unbelievable capability to electrify the world, to lighten the world, to brighten the world. To do with what you can with your time and with your ability and with your resources. One of my rabbis in yeshiva used to give a Musr lecture, a Musr shmuz on Thursday nights. It was always uh, very trepidatious coming to that time. You always felt like a terrible, terrible person after his his uh, lecture. The Muslim would be like an hour. He would bring in a ton of sources, contemporary sources. He would always bring in a story or a quote and bring things to hammer at home. And afterwards, if he didn't feel like schmutz, it wasn't really a good lecture. You know, it wasn't really a good shear or schmooz. <laughs> one of the times, you know, he would talk about different things. And one of the weeks would be like Yeshli Ra versus Yeshli Kol. You see Yaakov and Esav meeting and Yaakov talks about, I have everything. I'm happy. I'm content. And Esav says, I have a lot, but I'm not. One of the lectures and one of the times and one of the schmoozes, he asks us a very morbid question. And I don't mean to be morbid, but it just puts things in perspective. So the rabbi asks us, when I was in yeshiva for two years in Israel, he says to the, the audience in the base Medrash, what are people going to say about you after 120 years? What will be written on your tombstone? Everyone should live and be happy and healthy until 120 years and beyond. But what are they going to write? What are they going to say about you? What's going to be written on that stone? What will they say about you at your eulogy? Are they going to talk about how much money you had? How big your house was? What kind of car you drove? What your profession was? Unless it was like literally saving lives all day every day. Absolutely not. People talk about what type of father he was. What type of husband he was. What type of mother she was. What type of wife she was. What she did for the community. What he did for the community. What she or he did for the world. For others. If he was generous and good hearted. This is like one of the tiny aspects he talked about in the schmooze. This is the kind of good name we need to have. And must try to acquire. We need to use our time wisely in this world to make a difference, to make an impact, to leave a lasting impression on the world. A saying I really like, I don't know where it comes from, from secular society of secular culture, Lahavdil, is to leave the world better than you found it. Meaning leave the world a better place than when you entered it, than when you found it. 
We want it to be another quote, I believe, from secular society. The world is better for having you in it and ensure that the world is better for having known you. If a person comes to the world and they, they make a lot of ruckus, they make a lot of stink, and all they do is run around and, and party and hedonism and materialism, what is the point? Like, is the world better for having known that person? A philosophical question, really. Is the world better off? Is the world more light for having known this person? There are many, many examples of people that are easy to see. Was it better that the world was there? These these murderers, these drug dealers, these arms dealers, obviously I'm not using those cases, but a very simple example. Lahavdalov, a person that comes just raises a stink and he just goes from party to party. You know, extreme examples, obviously, I'm not going to get into either of substances and the like, but even a simple example, a lazy couch potato, literally goes to work, doesn't interact with anyone, doesn't really help anyone, literally just inputs data, goes home, you know, sits on the couch and, and watches TV till he falls asleep. That's like a really waste of a day, you know, not judging people, but we have to make our time and our resources and our abilities to... To, to, to make an impact and to see. But if the person literally just sits there at the computer and inputs key after key without interacting, it's almost like a chaval. It's almost like a, a waste of the day. There's so much more that could be done if we just had that person tap into their potential, tap into their ability. What could he have done instead of just sitting and watching 17 hours of his favorite show? It was such a waste of that day. We want it to be that the day was better off for having known you. The week was better off for having known you. The whole year and your lifetime and the world was better off for having known you. What can I leave behind? I ask myself a lot. Besides for our biological children, obviously, and Mitzvah and Chesed, what is something substantial we could leave behind for us? An amazing example is a book a person could write or a illustration a person could leave behind. Audio podcasts, obviously, I'm trying to be involved with this for a long time. These are things that way, way, way outlive us. Music, songs, these also outlive us. What can we leave behind to make the world a more bright place, a more happy place, a more filled place? What can you do that there's posterity in this lifetime? For those people who actually have the money and the ability, it's fascinating to see different hospitals and different wings of a, of a school that are dedicated by X and X person. What an interesting legacy besides for their own children, and everyone should be zochah to have children and good things. What an interesting legacy to leave behind. Who was this person? Who was this this uh, this Schminkelstein? And who was this uh, this other person and this other name? The world was better off for having known them. They came and they and they were able to make an impact. They were able to dedicate a yeshiva. They were able to dedicate a base medrash. They were able to dedicate a hospital. Obviously, most of us, including myself, don't have such kind of money and such kind of resources. But on a much smaller level, there is definitely much we can do. That's why I'm so much pushing this side project, which I have not been successful on. But trying to get page after page after page, we're able to print two versions of this fine five of this, like finding the character and the items. You know, that could be in print. And hopefully one day I want to take all of the drawings. I want to try to get... 50 of them and make it into a book and then make it into a series. And that could be another thing to leave behind for kids and generations. What can we do to leave behind? Our voice can be left behind. All these shiram on Torah anytime and on OU Torah and YU Torah. Amazing that they are now there and they could be there for centuries and for eons to come. All these podcasts that we have on JewishPodcast.fm, besides from my own, all these talks and lectures, all these videos of people, especially Torah related, how amazing the impact that could be done, that could be left behind. You could see a brilliant Torah lecture from 
For example, the rub from Rub Soloveitchik from the 40s and the 50s, and that could stay on for eons. What an interesting legacy. Rabbi Sachs, that's Sally. You could see beautiful lectures and stuff, even from Rabbi Kelmer from from uh, the town in Long Island. All these wonderful Rabbeim and all these wonderful figures, and even nowadays, contemporary people. You see a schmooze, you see a book written by Rabbi Schaefer. These are things that stay for posterity. So what can we do on our own small, small, small level to leave that good name behind, to leave that impact behind. And if you're a teacher or a therapist, the impact lives in your students. Your student comes, you taught them 10 years ago. Oh my gosh, do you know, Mora, what an impact you had on me in sixth grade or seventh grade or eighth grade? She was the, ex- the, the extreme change of the pinpoint of my life. I was not in a good place. And then I met this Mora. She literally changed my life. I will never forget that. Ah, that was the best teacher I ever had. That lives on in your students. And that's an impact that lives on. You could find your own teacher, your own person. I remember going to seeing different teachers and different students. And I know that this one had an impact and this one had an effect. And even when we see that wasn't the best teacher I ever had in second grade, third grade. Do you know, Mora? Do you know, Rabbi, that you were one of the best teachers I ever had? How do you think it makes that person feel? They're helping people. They're ensuring a different legacy besides from children and family to be able to leave behind in this world. The Talmud teaches us that man has three friends on whose company he relies. The first friend is wealth, which only goes with him while good fortune lasts. The second aspect that accompanies a man in this lifetime is his relatives. They only go as far as the grave and leave him there. Again, I don't mean to bring up too many morbid points. The third friend the Talmud teaches is a person's good deeds. These go with him and they stay with him and they accompany him like a a metaphorical good friend beyond the grave and they speak for him at the judgment, the final judgment for Hashem. Hashem accounts for your life and looks at your life and he weighs how many sins and how many merits you had. All the sins you have the Talmud teaches they become like categories they become or sonic, I forget which word is which one one's a category one's a sonogor one becomes like a persecuting angel like the the prosecuting attorney the prosecuting lawyer against you you know what he did at this time you know what she did at that time you know what a terrible person and then all the mitzvahs you do the averos are like your prosecutors all the mitzvahs you do stand up and say no you know that time that she went and they, she delivered that thing for her friend's kid who was sick? You know that time that they delivered food for that person? Every mitzvah stands up for you as a defense attorney, as your protector, if you will. And we hope and pray that we have many, many more defending angels, defending Defending defense attorneys basically standing up for us, then we have punishings. And then Hashem can say, look, he has millions and millions and millions of mitzvahs, but only thousands of averos. The mitzvahs totally outweigh the averos. That's okay, let him come to Shemaim. They also technically play a video for you, which is also very terrifying of your years. I always wonder, like, what's in that video? Like, there's a lot of things that we don't want anyone to see or whatnot. Hopefully... It's a video that only shows good things anyways. But after the grave, what comes with you is those good deeds. And that stays behind on this earth, but also comes with you to Shemayim. So we want it to be that we have good things that come with us in this world. The Talmud also teaches that there are three names that are given to a man. One is the name given to him by his parents. Another is the name given to him by this world. And the third is the name that is given to him by his works, the one which is written in the immortal book of his fate. Which of three names is the best? 
Shlomo HaMelech teaches us that a good name is better than the sweetest oil. So we need to work on that good name by what we can leave behind, the legacy we leave behind, the impact we have in this world, even in our Dalit Amos, whatever small thing we can do. Even an article written, a sheer given, anything we could do that lives in posterity, that lives forever on a website or on a platform, that's also aspect of a good name, a reputation that lives on in this world. So the best thing to do is to get up and take in this life that good name. Nothing else can come with us. Nothing else stays with us. The mitzvahs, the chesed, the Torah learning, and the good name, that's what comes with us. Perkelos teaches in 115, an easy way to be able to do this is to make sure that you can go about your life on simple levels to take this with you. Shammai Omer, Shammai says, Asay Torah make your study of the Torah a fixed practice, and more ma'at ve'asay harbein, speak little but do much. Ve'hevi mekabal is kol ha'adam, and it doesn't say kol adam, by the way, it says kol ha'adam, so even if it's a person you really don't like, you don't want to interact with, but when you see them, you still are makabal them, besever panem yafos. So you got to make your Torah study a fixed practice. You can't learn all day, every day, so at least open up some Torah emails. The OU has fascinating ones. Even all these days of Yeshiva Week and the like, when I'm way behind on tons of Gemaras and whatnot, at least we could open up an email and read the Mishnah of the day, read the Shnai Mikra of the day in the email. You can read the, the Nachyomi of the day. They have like five. They used to have the Mitzvah of the day. Maybe they'll start it up again. We need to have the Torah study a fi- fixed practice because after 120 years, Hashem is going to ask us one of the questions. Asata kavitim kavata Latorah, did you set aside time for Torah? He doesn't ask you how much time, but did you set aside to make it part of your time? Was it something established in your day that you always were ensuring that I learned at least a little bit? And it was one of the first things I did for that day. He also asked you, were you honest in business? Did you try to have kids? Did you wait for Mashiach? And did you pray for Mashiach? And some say they ask you, did you live up to your own name? Were you the best for my name, Nasamarcha, you could have been, like we talked about last week. But we have to make sure to make that Torah set. We also have to make sure to do more than we say. And more Ma'aviyah, like Avraham, the three angels, he doesn't even know that they're angels. They come to him, they can't eat anything. He says, I'll give you a little milk, a little bit of bread. He has Yishmal, I believe, slaughter three calves just so that they could have the tongue delicacy. And then he, he gives them all of this stuff. He spoke very little but did a lot. As opposed to Ephron, obviously, when Sarah is buried, who doesn't even do a little bit. Talks a lot and does very little. And of course, except everybody with a, a pleasant appearance, a pleasant a pleasant countenance, and I talk about this a lot on all of my shirm and all of my podcasts. How easy is it? throughout your day to ensure that you have peaceful interactions. I'm not talking about aggressive people or bullying people or narcissistic people or people that have mental health issues. I'm talking about regular people like the security guard, the crossing guard, the barista that makes you your coffee, the mailman, the garbage man. These simple people, it's so easy to have an impact. And by the way, it's much easier to accomplish things when you're nice to people and they appreciate it. When you call up customer service or you call up a doctor or any office and you start and you say, Hi, how are you today? Do you know how taken aback most people are when I do this on the phone? Thousands of phone calls I've had to make for many different things. I got the wrong kid's shoes, the kid, the shoes are breaking and this and that. If you start accusing, you start yelling and you start being very aggressive, you're not going to get much accomplished. Besides for the fact that it's, um, my wife used to watch a show where one of the euphemisms they talk about, it's easier to catch bees with 
honey than vinegar, I believe, or something like that. It's much easier to deal with people and to and to get responses when you're nice to them. Besides for the fact that Perkelis literally tells us you have to do this, you have to be nice and accept everyone in a nice countenance, but when you interact with people, it literally changes their day. Oftentimes I'll have conversations with people on the phone and they're like, oh yeah, I have I have a couple of kids and I live here and I live there. Because these are humans, these are people, and they deserve to be treated nicely and attractively because the rest of the day... They just don't deal with nice people. People call customer service for a variety of reasons, but mainly because they're upset or they're angry or something broke or something's not working, right? You're not going to get like really fun phone calls on customer service. I just wanted to call you to tell you that I love this product. That's probably like one out of a thousand of their calls. So if you talk to them with Baseri and Panim Yafos, not only will a lot be accomplished, but you're also helping them in changing their day. And maybe it could be a Kiddush Hashem. Do you know I spoke to a guy today who actually asked my name, how my day is going, and actually interacted in a pleasant way? It's very simple to do. Even a please and a thank you is unfortunately not seen so much. My wife and I have seen so many examples that you're at the restaurant, you're at the store, and they don't even say please and thank you. And even anything you watch together, you could see, they don't even say thank you. That's a no-no, that's not good. He's lacking a car, I'm telling you, he's lacking a car, lacking gratitude, we wouldn't have that person on our list, you know? <laughs> but having this savior upon him, that could be a legacy. Do you know that this person, Joshma, always thanked every waiter, always thanked every person that served him food? He was a pleasure to be around, a pleasure to interact with. I wish there were more people like Joe Shmo. A very simple way to leave a good name behind for you is just to have proper basic Derech Eretz, you know, proper manners. The phrase is Derech Eretz Kadmala Torah. There's 26 generations before the Torah was given. Why did Hashem do that? To emphasize that sometimes there's some things that come before learning the Torah. Having the basic decency and manners comes first. I can't tell you how many emails, how many phone calls. My wife as a teacher, myself as a therapist, people we interact with, it's like not even a hi, how are you? Like you get a nasty email, it just goes right to the point, shooting down one tiny mistake you made over the year, whereas you could teach tens of hundreds of people over the years and they just accost you and they, they not the right word, they, they try to come at you without even a, a, a modicum of, of decency. A simple way to have a good name is also to have the Derech and to instill it in our kids. Why do we tell our kids, say please, say thank you, whereas adults as ourselves, as grown-ups, don't even do it? You know, the kids will only do and only learn from what they see, not from what you tell them. Kids learn much more from what you do than from what you say. I could talk to my kid till he's blue in the face. You got to be nice. You got to be nice. You got to do this. You got to do that. But if he sees that I never take care of anything and I don't help the friends, I don't help the community, he's not going to do it. Whereas if we try to cook for others and do for others, we call for others, we see and we try to do what we can, literally giving the shirt off our backs to help people. If we as humans and as Jewish families can do that, then our kids can learn that. And you can't tell them to say please and thank you if you yourself never do it. You have to model for them in action what you want them to do in practice. We must model for the children in action action what we want them to do in practice and it all starts with a simple thing of going to make sure that we act more than we say and we interact with people in the right way perkelvis also explains in paragimel mishnah you'd bet rabbi shmol omer have a another way that we could leave a good name simple way be you know, calm to a superior, especially an aggressive superior. I've had many in my day. 
the best way to approach them, I've talked about this many times, is to either be silent or to respond in a very soft way because they want to try to rile you up. They, try, why don't, they want to try to trip you up and they want to see you angry probably because they have lack of good self-esteem, probably because they know nobody likes them. But if you don't do that, you don't give in to that, you're shooting them down at their own game. It's the best way to deal with these kind of people. Be submissive to the people who are in authority and receive every person happily, not even having a pleasant countenance on your face, but make sure to receive every man happily. Simple way to give the ability to achieve that good name. Mishle teaches us also, Niv Rava. Repute is preferable to great wealth. And, I t- and we talked about in the intro, in the beginning, that Mishnah and Perkelis tells us in Dalad Yud Gimel, God willing, we're going to get to in a few weeks on the TTPA and Tonic Talks Perkelis, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Shloshe Kesarim Heim Keser Torah Keser Kuhuna Keser Malchus Vekeser Shem Tov Ola Al Gabeim. Three crowns in this life, the crown of Torah, the crown of priesthood, the crown of royalty, we should be Zoha that the real priesthood of the base of Migdash, the real royalty of Malchus based of comes back to us speedily in our days. But at least the crown of Torah, we can know, we definitely see that. But if you don't have the good name, you're not going to be able to supersede them. The good name supersedes them all. It's beautiful to see an infusion of someone who has beautiful Derech Eretz and someone who has a beautiful ability to be someone who's a God of the Torah. The, the rabbi talked about from Long Island, you know, we think about Rabbi Kelmer's that saw his yard. So it was just a couple of weeks ago. This is a prime example of someone who is not only a God of the Torah, someone who is very great and very knowledgeable. I didn't even realize this back in the time, but, uh, after the fact, we saw many examples, but also was a supreme mention a supreme Balmidos going across the town in crazy harsh weather just to wish a Mazatov taking the two together. What if you have someone who's a Gadobatar but has terrible Midos? Does the Gadobatar really mean anything? Someone who has great Midos but doesn't have the Torah also, we gotta work on it all together. But this good name, the crown of the good name really supersedes them all because a good name is better than priesthood, it's better than royalty, it's even better than just having the Torah knowledge. We need to have that in our lives. Elsewhere in Perkyovus in two seven in Bet Zion it says Kana Shem Tov Kana Laatzma Kana Lo Divrei Torah Kana Lo Chaim HaOlam Haba. The getting the good name, really, you're acquiring it for yourself. You're acquiring something for yourself. You're making sure that you can have knowledge. You can have things in this life. You want to acquire the life in the world to come and in the world in general. We need to make sure that we have that in our lives. We need to make sure we could do what we can to have that that life and make sure not to use your name for bad purposes but only for good name purposes so we need to acquire that good name for ourselves with doing good in this world to spread hashem's name in different ways what what can we do in kohelas and in rashi on kohelas we talk about this earlier also tov shame mishem tov which is a very interesting play on words tov shame mishem and tov a good name is better than the best of oil rashi points out a good name rises to the top a good name is better than oil precious oil runs down but a good name rises to the top meaning precious oil is temporary but a fine reputation is forever like it says may his name endure forever we want that fine reputation to spread throughout the world we want it to be that there is the ability to have that good name. Rabbi Yonah points out that a good name is not good if it doesn't work. To, the good name only works 
if you work on it. And what's good to have the crown of Torah, the crown of priesthood, or the crown of royalty if you don't have that good name? So even if he stands in the corner, the reputation goes from one aspect to the other aspect. Someone who has that name, it goes throughout the whole world. It's something that can be worked on and achieved throughout your whole life. It's praiseworthy for man to go out of the world with a good name, Rus points out in Rus Raba. Taylor points out also that that good name is something that we work on from the youth and is something that works on through the ages. Targumianosan also points out we we have to have it that it's something that's a constant work for our whole life. You you want to make sure we leave the world better than we came in. It's something that takes a lot of work. In this lifetime, every time a man does good deeds, he works on that good name. He adds the good name, as Medrash Tanchumi points out in Vayakel. The man is known by those three names, but working on the good deeds every time, you're building on that good name and you're adding to that good name. The good deeds and the and the Torah and the mitzvahs and the chesed, that's how we could work on it. What we could leave behind are things that we need to work on for ourselves. The good name is something that constantly needs work, constantly throughout our entire life. Interestingly, a good name is also something that could be attained by anyone, whether poor or whether rich. Precious oil might be gotten only by people that have a lot of money, especially back in the olden days, a long time ago. But this is something that anybody could work on. It doesn't discriminate to how much money you have. That is something that anybody could work on, that anybody could be involved. The Mivchar Paninu talks about how it's the most noble pedigree, one of the most noble things you could have in this world. It's something that's acquired in this world and the world to come, as Midrash and Mishle points out. It comes with you even after death, as the Mivchar Paninu points out also. And the Chavos Avavos talks about, we want that name to come with us forever in our lives and in the life of the world to come. The good name, he acquires it for himself, as we talked about in Perk Elvis, but really it comes with him as a good friend into the next world. So we want to make sure that we could leave the world with a good name after 120 years. We could do what we can every day in our lives to make sure that we we carry that good name. And who is the most famous example of a person, a, a sage who had that? Literally the Baal Shem Tov. The Flames of Faith talk about literally that means he had the master of a good name. So everywhere he went, he had a good name for he always judged the deeds of others favorably and his prayers for others brought about miracles. He started the Hasidic movement in order to inoculate Jewry against the ravages of secularism, but his name literally means the name of the master of a good name. We should all do what we can on our own level to make sure we also get a good name in our lives. But it really starts with every day putting one foot in front of the other to make sure that we work on their reputation. We deal with what we can with our lives. We deal with other people with competence, with honesty, with humility, with chesed, and with, with a clear head, doing what we can to help those around us, doing what we can to bring good to those around you, speaking kindly and gently with everyone, also leads to the positive name. Having that good heart, making sure that we start with that good heart to to do what we can to be a good friend, to be a good neighbor, to be someone that really can help those around us, to help anyone around us to do what we can to bring good to the world, to bring honesty to the good to the world, and to bring only excellent things to the world. You know, Hillel is one of those examples of a person that had an unbelievable amount of patience. 
One time on Erev Shabbos, somebody asked him a ton of questions just to try his patience, just to try his anger in the moment, because we know Erev Shabbos is very, very difficult no matter where we are. Just the other week, we were we thought we have a, an easy time to get to Shabbos quickly, but of course, this happens, that happens, and the, this happens, and this happens, and Shabbos always is running to the last minute for some reason. Shabbos could start at 7, Shabbos could start at 4, it's always to the last minute. Hillel was known as someone who was very humble, very very wise, and also very patient. That was his good name. So, of course, Hillel has all these people coming to him. The most famous example, of course, is in Gemara Shabbos. The person comes to him and says, convert me on one foot. Shammai says no and almost takes out a rod to smack him. Not a, not a good educational matter, but not for now, not for here. Hillel says, no problem. Stand on one foot. The whole Torah, the rest of the Torah is commentary. What you want to be done to you, make sure to do for others. The same way you want to take care of yourself, take care of others. If not, at least for yourself, do more for others. Really, it's the golden rule. Treat others as you would want to be treated. So, of course, another time someone comes to Hillel and tries him for his patience on Erev Shabbos, he tests him. The Gemara says, I think he tested him 400 times, but that probably is an exaggeration, maybe. He tests many times, why are the Babylonian heads round, and why is this person this, and why do we have to do this, why do we have to do that? Every single time, Hillel says, ask me, my son, ask me, my son. He's like literally running to the bathhouse to get ready for Shabbos, and this guy asks him another question, another question, another question. But the reason that everyone knew that this guy could be sent to Hillel to test Hillel, and he won't win, and he actually lost money, I believe, on the wager, the Gemara points out, because Hillel worked on himself to get that reputation, to get that good name, that he had the unbelievable patience for others, to be treated, to be able to treat others with such unbelievable aspect, unbelievable interactions. We could learn from Hillel on some level that you have to do whatever you can to work on yourself to leave that good name in any respect, in any aspect. A good name is something that could be worked on, achieved throughout your entire life. You can do it through good deeds in mitzvahs with Torah learning. Anyone can attain the good name, and it lasts forever, even throughout the generations. It takes a lot of work and a lot of time. It's something that has to be done every day, but it's one of the best endeavors to take upon every single day. A crucial element to have a good name is to sanctify Hashem's name through living a life for others, through doing mitzvahs. Your name should be synonymous with a good reputation, with a good name. You know, Joe Schmo, I've never seen such a giving person in my entire life. Not only did he give the shirt off his back, he gave the undershirt off his back, and he walked home halfway in the snow without a shirt. Make sure to care for our others' reputation and our reputation that it stays crystal clear and pure in all ways. Even the little things can get for us a good name and a reputation. Speaking kindly with proper manners, Derech Eretz comes first. Model for our children what you want them to do in practice. Make sure you have those pleasant interactions. Let someone else's fame or good name inspire you to do more for yourself, for your family, for your community, and for the world. Let your fame spread to others to inspire the rest of the world, especially non-Jews. Make a grand Kiddush Hashem. We should want others to have great fame for good to make a Kiddush Hashem, especially for our own children. So as we think about what we could do for our names, what we could think about what we could do is think about how we're given 120 years. We should all be Zochem. It's not about how big your house is or how big the car is. It's not about how much money you have. Anyone can work on that good name. Who is really rich, the person who's content with his lot and realizes that he could use his lot to make a difference. What are the people going to say after you 120 years? What are they going to write about you after 120 years? Are they going to talk about how much money you had? How much? How many hours you worked? Do you know that the owner of Walmart had one regret 
at the end of his life, with his last breath, I read this recently, a couple of months ago, really, he was the the manager and the owner of a multi-billion dollar company. You would, you would, you would think he was successful. You know what the last three words he said on his deathbed were? I blew it. He literally felt like his entire life was gone. He spent so many hours sacrificing time with his kids, sacrificing time with his wife just to build up a company that wasn't going to do anything, not going with him to the next world. He blew it. Was that a person that left behind a good name? I don't know. I'll leave that as food for thought for you. But remember to leave the world better than you found it. Leave the world a better place than you found it. Not only after 120 years, but each day, each week, each month. The world should be better for knowing you each day. Ensure that the world is better for having known you and having you in it each day, because each day is a gift. We don't take it for granted. Every day we say, Ani, we should be Zoha, always to have good things, 120 years of wonderful things, but we should realize that we want the world to be the better for having us known it. So when we think about what we could do, when you interact with people in the right way, when you do more than what you say, if you're going to cook for someone, don't just show up with a half a bowl of half-eaten noodles because you were hungry and your kids were hungry. Do the best you can. Give them silverware. Give them plates. Give them dessert. Give them a side dish. Give them a drink. I like it to be, if I ever cook for someone, I want it to be all-inclusive and I'm upset if it's missing an aspect because I want it to be all-inclusive. They don't have to do anything but open the bag unless it's cold and they have to heat it up but they don't have to do anything else it's all prepared do more than just the minimal when you speak with people you interact with people even if it's a barista especially if it's a barista even if it's a mailman especially if it's a mailman the security guard the crossing guard anyone you can interact with is a way to make a good name for yourself is to work on your meetups to work on yourself the world is better off for knowing you each day if you just Put yourself to the test. Each day, what can you do? Can you look back at the end of your day when you're in bed about to fall asleep? I could label at least three things that I did good today that the world is better for having known me today, for having been in it. What could I say I contributed to make the world a better place today? What are three chasadim I did for myself, my husband, my wife, my kids, or the world at large, the community at large? I was able to leave an impact on my students. I was able to leave an impact on my friends. I was able to help this person set this person up. What can I do to make the world a better place? You could also ensure that there is stuff set up for posterity. You have an idea for a book, write it. You have an idea for an article, write it. You have an idea for a podcast, record it. That stuff stays forever and lives on after you. Besides for your children, you should be zochem. Besides for interactions with friends and family, everyone should be zochem. There are things we could do to leave behind for posterity, to make the world a better place, to make us having a good name and yes it is electrifying it is electric it is a way to make the world a brighter place a lighter place a more wonderful place if we just start today little aspects little bit little by little to make that world a better place that the world is better for having known you each day if everyone was able to capitalize that we would be zocha to finally have a world where real shalom real peace would come where Mashiach would come and the third base of English would finally be built speedily in our days and and may that day, in fact, be today. This has been Tani Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.com. Join us next time, God willing, where we talk a topic for the week with for the audience members to keep. And I'm your host, Tani.